Welcome back to the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast. Uh, if you were not keeping up with us from last episode, this is technically episode two. Uh, we, we've started the new universe rebooted. So yeah, just keep in mind, this is not a rewind episode. This is episode two of the new universe, essentially. Uh, I'm Hiccup. What's up? What's going on, you guys? We got a little fun discussion going on. I wanted to continue this one off of a last episode where I talked about the problems with the anime community and like critiquing media in general. And I wanted to do this for something else. Uh, You know, TV and uh, anime mainly was the the topic of the last episode. So this episode, I want to do it on video games because there's been this back and forth discussion going on on the internet. Well, I wouldn't really say back and forth, just like this thing that keeps getting brought up, especially this year, that gaming is dead. And some people have been either saying this over and over again throughout the year, or people have been straight up refuting it. I am a part of team refute. That makes no sense to me. So we're just gonna talk about uh, why exactly I think that is. And a lot of games that you can play that have come out this year, or even some that came out, you know, the past year like last year and what to look forward to coming up in 2024 like it's kind of insane to me that there are people out there who really think gaming is dead but before we get started uh we're just gonna have a few bits of quick news nothing too crazy i am recording this as of september 13th so this episode will be going up on the 15th uh i had a little uh more stuff to do this last week so i didn't get time to record until now i'm off work uh, I had a six day work week this past last week, so I have my two days off. So I spent yesterday resting and now I'm just like, okay, let me hit this record. My wife is out uh, visiting her family. So I had time, I'm in the house by myself. And what I'm going to be doing after this recording, which is a part of the quick news, is talking about the new Pokemon DLC that came out. Pokemon's first uh, part of their DLC expansion for Pokemon Scarlet, the secret treasure of area zero is out it is part one the teal mask technically it came out today as of the 13th as of this recording but uh it dropped i'm i'm on the west coast so it dropped uh 6 p.m uh on the 12th so i've been playing a little bit of it i'm not super super far yet because i've just been exploring around and catching pokemon and just doing other stuff too so i'm not too too deep but from what I've played so far, it's it's cool, it's enjoyable. Uh, the Teal Mask starts off uh, after you've downloaded the content, you open up your game, you immediately get a call from uh, Professor Jacques. He tells you that you have been selected to a lottery at the school to join this year's school trip, the, that they do a joint school trip with uh, the more recent school that opened up, Blueberry Academy, and that you will be going to the far off lands of Kitokami. So from there, you just go to the school, and once you enter just the main entrance into the hall, you'll be introduced to a woman named uh, Miss Briar. She is, uh, we've seen her in the DLC trailers, she's a teacher at Blueberry Academy, and she will be the one chaperoning the students, including yourself, into the lands of Kitokami. So after a short little cutscene with her and Jacques, you get introduced to her, you find out she is a descendant of Heath, Professor Heath. Uh, for those who didn't play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, there's this big crater in the Paldea region 
called Area Zero, where there's these Paradox Pokemon, and if you play Scarlet, you get Pokemon from the past. If you play Violet, you get Pokemon from the future. Uh, and Heath was the first person to discover these findings, put them in a book. Not a lot of people believed him, but as you play through the story, and the last portion of the story is you and your friends ended up going into Area Zero, you find out that, yes, there are Paradox Pokemon in here. So Briar is a descendant of Heath, and she even has the book. Now, I need to see her book again because I'm questioning something. I think it might just be the lighting because uh, we've already talked about how Scarlet and Violet uh, graphically and performance-wise is not that good. It still is not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to cap. There's no fucking lying. I'm still getting frame, uh, frame slowdown and stuff like that. It's a fun game that's just held back so much by the visuals and the glitches and the performance issues. Oh my God, if this game was on like the PS4 and it, it wouldn't have the, or the PS4, or PS5, it wouldn't have these issues and it'd probably be a whole lot of fun. You know what I mean? Like, and it, and I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't even argue it's the Switch holding it back. It's definitely Game Freak fucking up because I played Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and uh, my one of my favorite games ever, pretty much we talked about that. And that game looks gorgeous. It plays really well. It performs really well. I had like a few slowdown maybe like in the three times i played it including its dlc uh i maybe had one or two slowdowns ever <laughs> and they were very slight like i'm i'm still getting slowdowns on scarlet but yeah i need to see her book again because not only is there speculation about who exactly briar is or what she could be we know they say she's a descendant of heath but her eyes kind of look weird they have like these black and then like these red pupil i mm, it looks weird she's got on uh like a purple coat and red pants you know, you know like the scarlet violet thing but when she pulled out her book the front of it looked scarlet it looked red i don't know if it was the lighting or not but the back of her book looked purple and i was like huh that's interesting because for those who don't play scarlet and violet if you have scarlet Heath's book is called the scarlet book and it is red and if you play Violet, Heath's book is called The Violet Book, and it is purple. Uh, it is not both colors. Both books do not exist in one game. One book exists in one, one book exists in the other. So if her book is multicolored, that opens up the, a lot of questions. Also, she has the original manuscript. So the Scarlet Book or The Violet Book, depending on what version you have. I'm just going to keep saying Scarlet because I have Pokemon Scarlet. Uh... There's entries in it, but a lot of the words are smudged out uh, because the book is so old, manuscripts are old, but hers, you know, works. So it's talking about Terrapicos, things we've already learned from like the trailers and info updates that Nintendo's given out as the DLC has been waiting to release. So maybe the original manuscript did talk about past and future forms, and maybe there's gonna be some time shenanigans going on, who knows? Part one, I don't feel is going to give us a lot of story. I think it's just laying the groundwork. Whereas part two will probably give us more bulky story. Also, uh, Blueberry Academy is located in the Unova region. I don't remember if they said that in any of the news updates before the DLC dropped, but Briar said they are located in the Unova region. So it's kind of like American sister school. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Now uh, we get to Keto Kami. I won't be talking about too much story stuff because I'm barely I barely started it and I, I won't spoil stuff I'll give people time maybe next episode we'll talk about more but um 
you know, there are Pokemon in the area and the, the Kitokami area map. You fly over there and it's a separate map. The map, um, you can see the full size of it, kind of like you can already see the Paldea full size map when you start the game. It's it's decently big for a DLC map. It's, it's clearly, of course, not going to be as big as the actual Paldea region. Uh, you, you could fit Kitokami's map in Paldea. But it's it's large. It has a it has a good amount to explore and a good amount to see. It seems so. That's positive. It's it's not too too huge, but it's enough. It's it's satisfactory, in my opinion. Uh, and there's not a lot of new Pokemon that'll be seen, but there's a lot of Pokemon you can catch in the Kitokami area that you couldn't catch in the base game. So that's that's going to be cool. So you there's a lot of new mons to catch. Uh, Jacques updates your Pokedex. So instead of just like, oh, now you have more numbers to add to your regular Pokedex, there's a section for it. So you have your Paldea Pokedex and now you have a Kitokami Pokedex section. So I believe there's like 190 something uh, Pokemon to find here, maybe almost 200, something like that. So some of them are from the main game like a good chunk of them are from the main game, but there's a lot of that you couldn't get in the main game. Also, you do not need the DLC to be able to trade these Pokemon. So these Pokemon are available in this DLC. You probably can trade them via Pokemon Home from your older games, or you can trade with someone who has the DLC and have caught these Pokemon. The DLC is not required to get these Pokemon. So that's cool. I appreciate that. It's just like with Sword and Shield's updates for their expansions. Uh, where you could trade those Pokemon over, but you you didn't need the DLC to do so. If you wanted to catch them in those games, you had to have the DLC expansion, but you could trade them over from a different game as well. So there's that. Uh, there's going to be a few new ones. We've already heard about Poltergeist. It's going to evolve. We saw the new Applin, uh, the new little Applin evolution. And, um, well, not... I don't know if it's an evolution or just a new form, but you know, the different Applin, we saw that, uh, then there's going to be Ogre Pond and then the three, uh, the three, the, the loyal trio is what they're called with Okie Dokie, Ser uh, Ferendipity and uh, I forgot what the other one is called. It's like Okie Dokie, Okie Dokie cause it's a dog, Ferendipity cause it's like a, a, a pheasant <laughs> and then there's like a monkey one monkey dory there we go yeah those three and then there's another one i've seen the leak so i already know what it is i won't spoil it for you guys if you want to play the dlc yourself uh but it is uh i'll say this it's a new form for a pokemon from legends arceus so the thing about these this is because also there's a character she's a photographer that travels around that you meet in the area she has a growlithe but her Growlithe is a Hisuian Growlithe. Now, how the fuck does that make sense? I don't know, because these Pokemon should be extinct. Uh, we are, we do have the exception of being able to trade up our Pokemon from Legends into uh, Scarlet and Violet via Pokemon Home. I don't know if there's an in-story explanation of how that's possible, but you know, you can do that for in-game, for game logic. I don't think there's an in-game reason for it. But I'm wondering if Kitokami is located somewhere near Sinnoh and maybe like the, or like maybe like a lot of these Pokemon back from uh, the Hisui region 
there's some that were here in this small secluded land of Kitokami and evolution didn't take effect and these old forms didn't go extinct and they still kind of exist around the region maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking because again there is a Hasui form Pokemon or, or an Hasui Pokemon that you that has a new form that you'll be able to get in Teal Mask I've already seen it I check the leaks out I always do because I'm always curious I don't give a fuck uh, Pokemon story ain't that deep <laughs> but uh it, 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 I'm glad it's this one. It's one of my favorites. It, it, it's one of my like th top three favorite Hisuian Pokemon. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. I won't say what it is, but I, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. Uh, but that's it for like new Pokemon. So we got a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you want to count the new form one, two. So eight, and then it's like one two because it's poltergeist and poltergeist evolution the new applin form the sui and pokemon the loyal trio and uh, uh ogre pond yeah so eight new pokemon but you know older pokemon to catch too uh the land does it look very different from paldea um it's it's hard to say like there's different like map layouts and you know world layouts because it's supposed to be a different land but um if you showed someone who hadn't played these games, like a section of Paldea and a section of like Kitokami, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know, there's like, there's mountains, there's grassy lands, stuff like that, you know? And I think that's a performance and graphical issue for the game rather than just like them being lazy. For me, who's who's been all around Paldea at this point because I played the game enough, it is different enough and it's more to explore. So I think it's cool. Uh, there's some funny scenarios you can get into so far. Also, when you get, it's still, it's pretty early in, but when you get early, uh, into a certain point of the DLC, you'll get something called the Teal Style Card. And when you go back to the main Paldea map, Paldea map, which you can switch to anytime you want during the DLC, you don't have to, you're not stuck there until you finish the story. You can go back to Paldea whenever you want. Uh, when you go to the, the shops, like the apparel and clothing shops, in the major towns in Paldea, there will be new accessories and clothing items available in all of these shops, as well as new hairstyles for the hairstyle shop, for the salon. Um, are they great? There's some cool stuff you should get, get. I've already checked all the shops out. There's some cool stuff here and there. Uh, and a few of the hairstyles are pretty decent. But, like, I, I didn't get any new hairstyles because they just kind of don't fit my character. Plus, I usually wear a hat for my character, like, all, all all my Pokemon games. Or in anything where you can create a character, I usually have them have a hat on. Because <laughs> I like wearing hats. Uh, all the new hats, in my personal opinion, suck. So, I'm just sticking with the black beanie. <laughs> Found some new glasses that I liked. Found some new gloves that I like. New shoes. Uh, a few pairs of new shoes that I like. New backpacks. Uh, the socks, I don't really care about socks because usually my character wears pants, so you never really see my socks. <laughs> and then the only new, like, outfit you get is, like, the, the Kirokami, the, the Jinbei, I think that's what it's called, the Jibei, the little outfit you wear. It comes in a green color. I believe after you beat the story, you unlock more colors, but I think it's only, like, blue and white. And then there's an extra color, like a fancy one that I haven't seen yet. Uh, but you have to do something that relates to the story that I won't give away because I heard about the details of it. But, um, yeah, it's cool. 
you know it, it it's it's fine you'll probably find a few new things you'll like to put on for your character but i feel like it's it's a nice step in the direction with the customization but they need more outfits in general like shirt pants i kind of hate the fact that the game limits you to only school uniform i'm thinking like it'd be cool because because blueberry academy you're just gonna get a blueberry academy uniform so I'm not expecting anything too crazy. Maybe you'll get like an indigo style card and then it'll give you more accessories and hairstyles once again. So maybe I'll have better luck finding stuff I like there. But in terms of that, it's just accessories around your main outfit. So the problem I have is the main outfit and they need more like regular clothes. I would love maybe after this expansion, they have like a DLC called like a schools out DLC. Maybe the storyline of that is it's finally like summer break like you're out of school you don't have to wear the uniform so they add like regular style outfits and have a good variety of it and you know new accessories new hairstyles of course that would be kind of cool but i'm tired of the school outfits the jean bays are a nice are, are a nice new like twist because it's not a school outfit but again you're limited you're limited to these clothes but um i wonder if kitokami is somehow related to hisui I don't know we'll see it did come this game did come out you know after Arceus so it's definitely possible and seeing these Hisui and that that girl with the Hisui and Growlithe and the new Hisui and Evolution are form that you'll be able to see during this DLC that I, it makes me curious to know exactly what the relation is plus you know it has this old Japanese feel to it in Kitakami uh, so it does definitely rem remind me of like a Johto or a Sinnoh vibe, but we did just get Legends Arceus, so it's I'm leaning more towards Sinnoh. So we'll see. We'll see uh, where it goes from here. Uh, it's probably not going to be that long of a story. Pokemon main games aren't that long, so the DLC is not going to be that long either. Probably next episode I'll have um, my full thoughts of it after I've beaten the story, so we'll talk about it. But it's fun so far. If you like Scarlet and Violet, you'll probably enjoy this. If you didn't like Scarlet and Violet, don't waste your money. You're good, my guy. Uh, other news, DLC, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, Season 2 Pass has started. You will be able to already play as uh, a new character rep. So when the Season 2 Pass got announced, they said they would be adding a character from Part 5 then a character from part four and a character from part eight. A lot of people were hoping Abakio would be the rep for the part five. He is the only character from the main squad who has not been in JoJo's R-Star Battle. He was not even in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Eyes of Heaven. He is the only member of Passion uh, of Bucciardi's crew that was not playable. And, you know, there's reasons for that. He's more of a supporting character in the main storyline. But, you know, Abakio's aggressive. Abakio can throw the hand. So people are like, they could definitely make it work. And they indeed made it work because the first Season 2 DLC character was, in fact, Leone Abakio with his uh, stand Moody Blues. So uh, my, my wife was happy uh, back when I had her watch all the JoJo's with me. Uh, the anime uh, it was like my fourth rewatch and it was like her first time watching her favorite character from part five was abakio was not happy when he got donutted so i was like oh shit abakio that's fucking cool so now we we have all of bucciardi's crew playable giorno bucciardi mista my favorite character uh narancha uh trish fuck <laughs> why am i forgetting his name 
because he's a traitor. Homeboy with purple haze. I do not know why I'm forgetting his name in Abakio. Hold on, that's gonna bug me so much. What is his name again? I, I paused because I was about to Google it and then it popped in my head. Fugo. <laughs> like, there we go. There we go. <laughs> my boy, my boy Fugo. Uh, well, not my boy. I have not read uh, Purple Haze Distortion yet, so I have not seen his redemption. But uh, yeah, you can you can have the whole crew. So now, next DLC character will be a part four rep. Oh, by the way, Abakio's ultimate, mwah, fucking awesome. So Abakio's playstyle is, he he's just a really aggressive brawler, and what he does with his stand is, he'll turn it into a copy of himself. And the idea is the playback of himself is copying his attacks. So he does like double and triple hits for a lot of his special moves, which I think is cool. His uh, normal like special attack is a combination attack between him and Moody Blues as uh, they're like tag teaming. And then his ultimate is the, the, the meme, the greatest meme from part five where <laughs> Narancia and Mister are stomping that dude out and Abakio takes a sip of his wine and then jumps in on the stomping out of the dude. That's the ultimate. I love it. I think it's absolutely perfect. Uh, great character overall. And I know a lot of people, like a lot of the FGC isn't like huge, huge fans of All-Star Battle R just because the netcode is shit. And that is fair because FGC people are going to want to hop online and throw, throw the hands. Um, <laughs> so you know what you know what it is <laughs> uh but uh what was i gonna say okay so the 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 four rep the jojo's part four rep we do not know yet um if i had to pick personally of all the characters that are available from part four that aren't in this game yet uh my top pick is uh What's his name? Fugami, the dude that had Highway Star. Uh, the, the, the feet that sip out your nutrients. I think he would be fun as fuck to play. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if it wasn't him, it'd probably be, what's his name? The alien Mikitake. <laughs> that would be an interesting character too. The with the with the stand or the alien uh fungami yuya fungami is highway highway star uh but mikitake with earth wind and fire i think would be great <laughs> is that his name am i pronouncing his name right me yeah mikitaka <laughs> those are my top two picks for part four rep uh i think either one of those would be great they could totally surprise us out of left field and give us a character that we never would have thought we needed in the game. I mean, Aqua Necklace could be cool, but I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if they would add Angelo. It'd be cool. He has enough action where you could see it. The lock, mm, not really playable. Surface could be a cool copy character. Like uh, he copies your moves with the doll. That could be interesting, but I, I'm leaning more towards Highway Star, Earth, Wind, and Fire for our, our, our pop, our uh, part four rep. Part eight, um, it's either gonna be Joshu, I feel, like that with Nat King Bolt, or it's going to be Wonder of You. <laughs> I don't know how exactly they would 
get Wonder of You to work in a sense of fighting. The, I, he didn't really do a lot of fighting. His his stand is just OP. Like Tor, Toru is is O fucking P, and he didn't really need to throw the hands like that. Um. So who knows? But honestly, for me, they could I. <sighs> Honestly, for me, this might sound like a cop-out, but I want an updated version of Josuke, Part 8 Josuke, uh, where he has soft and wet go beyond. If you haven't read the JoJo's manga, you don't know what you're missing out on with that. Please read Part 7 and Part 8. They're fucking amazing, because who knows when we're getting Part 7 animated, and then who knows when we're getting Part 8 animated, because we don't even know when we're getting Part 7 animated. <laughs> um, but I think... Uh, soft and wet go beyond would be so fucking cool because after reading part eight and playing like uh gappy in all-star r it's not enough bro they've barely scraped the surface of how cool G gappy is so raw part eight josuke is such a raw fucking character the reason why his his pose stance is usually just him standing is because that's all he needs like like he's so fucking cool so go beyond would be an awesome like updated version to josuke i maybe like a free update maybe they'll add a new character and then like a free update we get an updated josuke that would kind of be cool and then uh i don't think they'll be adding anything from part nine anytime soon like it's definitely possible because they've added part seven and part eight characters who are manga only and even back when our star battle first came out I don't even think I don't even remember what part they were on in the anime when the original R-Star battle came out so it's just like it's totally possible they could add manga only characters to the game because they already have so maybe but part 9 isn't far enough to really like fully flush out a character they could do it but the character would probably be very simple it wouldn't be like super exciting yet like we've seen the main crew's stand abilities, we've seen all of them, but there there hasn't been enough action yet, which isn't a bad thing. I'm I'm liking the story so far in uh, JoJo Lens, but I don't think they have enough to make Jodio like a proper playable character yet. Because if they were gonna add a part nine character, it would be Jodio. It would be the main JoJo. So uh, I mm, I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I could see them because the first DLC uh, pass had four characters. This one only has three, but they could be like, surprise, there's a fourth one. <laughs> and, and, it, and it could be like Jodeo. Because they have plenty of time to get a couple more chapters out. Jojo Lands is monthly. So maybe they're like, maybe waiting to flesh out a character more. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that's about it for my quick news. It was gaming related. I just wanted to talk about that. Um stuff and i just want to get into this gaming is dead kind of thing this will be the rest of the episode again we probably won't go over an hour i'm kind of liking just these discussions just shooting the shit talking about stuff i enjoy and then going over these little topics so if if you're a part of the internet world and if you listen to this podcast uh i'm sure you you are we we, we do a lot of like talking nerd culture uh talking about anime manga games movies uh music all that good stuff and we'll probably i'll probably do a music oriented like episode like this next time 
uh, talking about because because there's discourse going on in the music world too. Some of it has a point, but also a lot of it doesn't. I feel so we'll talk about that. But this gaming is dead thing, I don't agree with at all. Gaming, um, especially this year, this has become like a big thing for 2023, and I don't get it because we are we are nine months in to 2023 now, and I think we're having a fantastic absolutely fantastic year for gaming especially this like like come on dude like all the games that have come out this year it, it's it's crazy to to think uh that gaming's been dead and i saw a meme earlier today that was supposed to be like a dig on starfield because people are like a lot of you know the big fans of starfield have been like praising in like yeah see it's the greatest and i think it has like a metacritic score of 85 who gives a fuck about metacritic honestly i i like playing games for myself maybe looking up a couple of youtubers who i trust their opinion on games even if i don't necessarily already agree with them take a couple of those into consideration but overall i would like to play the game myself to give my overall opinion but um I thought the meme was funny because it, it's the thing, you know, the Olympics meme where the dude gets the medal and he's celebrating, but he's at the bottom of the, the ranking. And though Starfield was at the bottom of the ranking in the meme with a Metacritic score of 85, that's still a Metacritic score of 85. So let me look it up and I'll, I'll tell you the other games that are on this list and their scores. So this isn't even including uh, like a couple of games that uh, haven't even come out yet. I believe Spider-Man 2 is set to come out this year as well uh, very soon. But at the bottom of this list, it's Starfield with a Metacritic score of 85, right? That's still 85. That's still overwhelmingly good. Uh, Metacritic score of 87, one of my favorite games that I've played this year, Final Fantasy 16, which is getting DLC. They, they, they were like, we heard you guys wanted more, so we'll make more. A lot of people think, oh, they plan to make more DLC. I don't know if they did or not. I feel like maybe they thought this was good enough, but people still had unanswered questions, but people enjoyed the game enough to, to push, to want those answers to said questions. Like, Hey, do more. So they're like, okay, we'll do more. So they announced that they will be doing two pieces of paid DLC. They also did a free DLC update recently that did some some fixes to some game stuff in it and added some DLC costumes for uh, Clive, Torgal, Jill, uh, Joshua, and Ambrosia, your pet Chocobo. All free, free update. So I thought that was cool. It was just one costume each, but that leaves the door open for more DLC costumes. So when I do do a new game plus playthrough of 16, because I heard uh, there's a couple of more extra little bits you could do in the new game plus that make the game experience more fun and challenging, uh, I'll have more to work with plus the DLC. So we'll see how that goes. With a Metacritic score of 88, we have Armored Court 6, The Flames of Rubicon. Uh, I've been hearing nothing but good things about this game. The only reason why I haven't picked it up yet is because I have so much shit on my backlog. Uh, <laughs> Once I get past Trails of Azure, because I bought it, so I'm gonna finish it. I'm, I'm over the halfway point now. I'm I'm early into the second half of the game, so if I keep up the pace I'm keeping up at, I I should be able to finish it no later than the end of the month, uh, depending on how much time I get on it. But yeah, Flames of Rubicon I heard is great. Customizing your mech is great. With a Metacritic score of 90, this game is the next game I'm playing after Trails of Azure. That is 
uh, Sea of Stars. Uh, come on, man. I'm so hyped for this game. <laughs> it, it's inspired by stuff like Chrono Trigger, which is one of my favorite games of all time. One of the best JRPGs of all time. If you have not played Chrono Trigger, please play Chrono Trigger. They have ports on mobile. I don't know if the mobile port's good, but they have it. They have a Steam port. I don't know if it's good, but they have it. They got a DS port. I know that one's pretty solid. Play that one. That's the one I played. Oh, I don't have a DS. Uh, allegedly, you can emulate it. Allegedly. <laughs> but Sea of Stars uh, has a similar play style to that, and a similar graphical feel and look to it. And I'm excited for the story. My friend, uh, he, he was a Kickstarter backer for it, and he got two codes. And uh, I think one of them he got for Switch, and then he was supposed to get like a physical copy for like PS5 or something like that. But he accidentally got two Switch codes, so he gave me one of the Switch codes. So now I have a copy of it. So once I'm done with Trails of Azure, I'm going to be playing Sea of Stars, because the game, from what I looked at, like it, it looks like it's only going to be like 25 to 30 hours, short game. But, you know, it looks fun, so I don't mind it being short at all take a break from trails before i jump into trails into reverie that'll be the next game i'm playing uh metacritic score of 91 diablo 4 i've heard after the from what they've been doing with content updates diablo 4 has kind of been fallen to the wayside like a lot of people are like "Ooh, they're kind of killing their own game like people are saying it's not good for more than one playthrough i don't know i haven't played it when it came out i heard good things but we'll we'll it's up there Metacritic score of 92. I can I can second this. Street Fighter 6 is absolutely fire. I love Street Fighter 6. I'm still playing it every now and then. I hop on. It is so much fun. The 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 create a character world tour story mode. It, it, it was so fun. The story isn't like super good, but just running around town fighting anyone in your path is fucking great. The move customization is fun as fuck. My only wish, I know they can't do this in online because you can go to the battle hub and battle other like player characters, but I wish for local play they let you, <laughs> you like, you know how when you can choose from the roster for like a free battle against a CPU or like against a friend locally or some shit like that, they should let you be able to choose your, your world tour character. It's nothing competitive. <laughs> like, come on, man. That's my only wish. But yeah, Street Fighter 6 is awesome. I've been loving it. Uh, Metacritic score of 93, yes sir, Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, that game, mwah, chef's kiss, yeah, it is the 30th thousand time you got a Resident Evil 4, but at least it's a little different because it's a remake, I love that, Metacritic score of 96, Legend of Zelda, Tears of a Kingdom, uh, everyone that played Tears of a Kingdom that played, uh, Breath of the Wild, I've heard say, uh, this is much better than Breath of the Wild. There's even like if you're not enjoying the story a lot of people are saying this was worth it for the 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 creation of things you can make in the game alone like that in itself made the game so much more worth it than Breath of the Wild. I've heard a lot of people say at this point Breath of the Wild is kind of obsolete compared to this. So I guess unless you were playing these games for the story they're saying there's no point in getting Breath of the Wild. I don't know. Uh, I, I've played very little of Breath of the Wild and I have not played Tears of a Kingdom, so I can't say for sure. Um, maybe one day I will. Like I said, I got a lot of shit on my backlog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that game, crazy praise. And 
also at a 96, but I've heard much, 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 much more praise. This game might end up being game of the year. If this is in my backlog list, this is something I plan to play after Trails into Reverie because I'm excited to hop into it. And that game is Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, I've not heard a single bad thing about this game. I've heard bad things, a few like critiques and negatives about other games on the list, even though a lot of those games I've only heard mostly positives for, or from my personal experience playing them, I have mostly positives for and not like too, too many negatives. But from everyone I've talked to that's played Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 3, they're like, it's absolutely incredible. The game is on PC. It launched for PC like about a month or two ago. And more recently, it is out on the PS5. I will be getting it on the PS5 eventually. Uh, I'm super excited to play it, especially since I'm beginning more and more into playing D&D with my friends. Everyone's saying like, yo, this shit is so much fun. I am so excited to hop in and see, see what all the fuss is about and get into it and, you know, lose a lot of my life because I'm just playing this game. But look, bro, I named so many games. All these games came out this year. Off this one meme that all have positive scores. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games alone. It's September. That's like a game a month. Some of these came out in the same month, I think, but that's like a game a month. Like if, if you just needed a game for every month and you had like a month to spare for each one of these, you had something to play every fucking month. There is no excuse to say gaming is dead. That is ridiculous. Maybe if you're playing like, if you only play like shooters like Call of Duty or sports games like 2K, this is no hate to Call of Duty or to 2K. If you're a 2K player, if you're a Call, Call of Duty player, more power to you if that's what you like, if that's what you enjoy, if that's what you're into, that's fine. I can't talk because I play Pokemon all the fucking time, despite all Pokemon's flaws. They got a shit ton of flaws. But, <laughs> but I still play them, like, every fucking time they come out, so I can't shit on you. But to say gaming is dead because you don't have a Call of Duty to play right now, or because you don't have, like, a 2K to play right now, is ridiculous also a, a new 2k came out recently didn't it didn't 2k 24 come out already something like that um but even still i find that ridiculous and when when you have all these options that people keep naming and then also another defense people use that i think is bullshit is uh oh well a lot of these games are just sequels or they're just remakes that shouldn't matter oh dead space remake came out this year People love that game. People people already love the original Dead Space. I heard a lot of people say they like the remake more. <laughs> like, like, they... Come on now, guys. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so the, there is the defense, this defense of like, oh, well, all those games are remakes or sequels. There's nothing original. Again, coming from the people who only play, like, Call of Duty or 2K, no, you don't get to say that. <laughs> because... Uh, from the outside looking in, a lot of those games look the same. Maybe you could break down to me why they're so different. I'm sure you could, honestly, and I'm sure you would have good points as to why. Because you play those games so much, you have more of an expertise than I do. But that is still calling, like, the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> because 16 isn't a sequel. Like, most of the Final Fantasy games, even though they're mainline numbered, 
aren't related to each other at all. Like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 have nothing to fucking do with each other. <laughs> like... There's like, you know, the Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 10 linking theory, but even if that was true, they're so far gapped by time, it does not even matter. So you have like 10-2, which is a direct sequel to 10. You have the, the 13 trilogy, but like those mainline numbered games have nothing to do with each other, so that doesn't mean anything. Armored Core 6, yeah, it's the 6-1, but when did Armor Core 5 come out? Like, a long time ago, right? So who the fuck cares? That really shouldn't matter. This is a new game. This is fresh for a lot of people, because a lot of people only know from software for Dark Souls games. So this is something totally different, because if you've seen gameplay for, for Armor Core 6, or if you've played Armor Core 6, it does not play like a Soulsborne game. Um, sea of Stars is new. It's inspired by Chrono Trigger. It's a new game. Maybe people were like, oh, it's indie. It doesn't really... No, we can't use that excuse if it's getting a lot of praise and it's really good. Uh, Diablo 4. Uh, like, again, it's the fourth one, but it's been a minute since Diablo 3 came out. Street Fighter 6. I don't, I don't need the excuse of this being a sequel. Uh, fighting games usually have a lot of new laid out to them when they make a new version, so it gives you a reason to play the updated version, not just like a story mode, but gameplay features, performance, graphics, characters, things like that. Uh, the world tour mode is probably one of the best ways to get into a fighting game, like a tutorial. It's so interactive because you're interacting with a story with the character you made and it feels so nice. It's like, you need to do this. This is what it's trying to drill into you. And you, so you learn it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. It teaches people the basics. So new people who don't play fighting games much can at least know the basics and enjoy the world tour mode without struggling too hard. And if they want to go online from there and improve, they can do that because now they already know the fundamentals because they played the world tour mode. It teaches you in a fun way. And I think it's the best way to help people learn fighting games since like Guilty Gear Strive came out when it's like the way the menu explained the moves. Uh, a lot of games are still on their season passes as well this year too. Like uh, Guilty Gear Strive just did season three. Uh, King of Fighters 15, which is one of my favorite fighting games recently besides Street Fighter 6 and Strive. Uh, season two uh, DLC wave is still going on. They're still adding characters. So Resident Evil 4 remake, okay, yeah, it's a remake, but again, who fuck, like, that remake excuse makes no sense to me, because if it's good, then you have something to play. Now, unless, like, the game came out, like, three years ago, and then they did a remake of it, that's, yeah, I can see that. Like, when The Last of Us did a remake, when The Last of Us Part 1 did a remake, yeah, it was a bigger gap than three years, but everyone agreed like it was way too early to make some kind of Last of Us Part 1 remake, especially since they did The Last of Us and then they did a remaster of The Last of Us, I believe, after that. So that was even more recent. And then they had just dropped Last of Us Part 2 like a year or two prior to the remake. And so it was just like, uh, I don't know about all that being necessary. <laughs> but with... With stuff like Dead Space or like Resident Evil 4, those games came out a long time ago. A long time ago. Tears of a Kingdom, yeah, it's a sequel, but there's a lot different to it. I feel like the sequel excuse is weak 
if the game offers enough for it to to merit being a sequel you know what i mean like uh street fighter 6 offers so much compared to street fighter 5. street fighter 5 at launch felt very bare bones after like five dlc waves for street fighter 5 by the end of its lifespan it felt pretty decent at the end of it street fighter 6 at launch feels better than street fighter 5 at the end of its lifespan in my personal opinion and a lot of people would agree with that. It's It merits it. It's a very different game. If you played Street Fighter V for like a month and then played Street Fighter VI for a month, you would have two drastically different experiences. It would not feel that similar at all. Like I'm telling you, the the it, it is so different. And I feel like a lot of people outside the fighting game bubble don't see the differences between games they're just like oh they just made another one more like like that's not how it always is there's a lot of new features added there's features taken out there's features updated and adjusted characters get adjustments characters might lose moves but gain new moves that which changes up their play style like, tremendously like street fighter 5 oh my god like i can't i i can't even think about it anymore when i play street fighter 6 like Street Fighter 6 is it. This is this is mm. I still think Street Fighter 4's run is my favorite run for Street Fighter games period. Like the wave of Street Fighter 4, oh my god, so incredible. But Street Fighter 6, oh, uh I I get that same feeling when I play it. And I'm not great at fighting games. I've said that before, but I love fighting games. They're so much fun that that feeling in my gut where i'm just like yo i am having a blast uh that i i haven't felt a feeling that strong in street fighter since street fighter 4 i didn't i never felt that way about street fighter 5 not even a single time by the end of its lifespan like i was like okay this is this is cool this is all right you know this is this is serviceable but street fighter 6 i'm like yo i am having so much fun right now like Every time I hop in that game. Same with like Guilty Gear Strive. I still have a good time with that. I don't play it as much anymore. I play more King of Fighters 15 and then like Street Fighter 6 stuff. But you know, it's it's the same vibe. So I, I you, it's something you have to experience. But like I said, play Street Fighter 5 for a month, then play Street Fighter 6 for a month. And tell me these aren't two completely different games. <laughs> like you won't be able to tell me that you won't be able to do that they they're two different games <laughs> in street fighter 5 or street fighter 6 eclipses 5 like it it's insane boulders gate 3 yeah it's the third one when was when did boulder gate boulders gate 2 come out a lot of people didn't even know what the fuck boulders gate was when boulders gate 3 got announced i had never played boulders gate but i knew i knew of it being into like RPGs and like tabletop stuff. I knew of it, I just never had the chance to play it. So I'm excited to play Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, that That's definitely on the list. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's like you, you have options. All these games are very different. Starfield, you're gonna get your like, kind of like a, I don't want to say like Sky, I don't want to say like Elder Scrolls Fallout experience, but something, you know, akin to that, but in space with more options, exploring the world, interacting with NPCs, Final Fantasy 16, you're going to get an action, uh, focused combat game with like a geared more towards the characters in the story, uh, Armor Core 6, big ass mechs, sea of stars, 
nostalgia-based, like, Chrono Trigger battle system JRPG. Uh, Diablo 4, Dungeon Crawler, Street Fighter 6, a fighting game, Resident Evil 4, need I say more? Tears of a Kingdom, do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, all these games are offering you so many different experiences. All these DLCs coming out for games to give you so many different experiences. And we still have games coming out. I'm gonna look up what other games are still coming out this year between like now and the end of the year. Okay, before uh, I continue <laughs> reading uh, these games before we wrap up, I just wanna say, I was reading the game list and my computer just fucking crashed and I had a heart attack <laughs> because I was like, no, I was like, I'm. we're wrapping up. After I read this game list, I'm just gonna wrap up because other than that, I'm just gonna keep rapid, ranting about these games. But bro, I, I thought all the audio was gone and I've been talking for like 50 minutes. <laughs> but when, when, when the computer crashed, I've been talking for like 55 minutes. So I was like, holy shit, I just lost all this audio. I'm gonna have to re-record this and find the strength to try to talk about this with as much enthusiasm as I have been. <laughs> I, I would have been so fucking bummed if we lost all this audio. So I only, the only audio I lost was reading off the game list, so it's not a big deal. It's gonna be shorter. I'm not gonna scroll through like January all the way through the end of the year. I'm just gonna stick with uh, the most recent thing that I feel like is important coming out since uh, Starfield came out on the 6th of this month. So yeah, we'll go from there. So, <laughs> so my bad, that shit scared me. I just had to, I had to let y'all know I had a heart attack right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, something that came out yesterday, this recording's on the 13th, so on the 12th, Myth Force came out. Uh, I'm not gonna go too deeply into detail in this because I'm gonna be scrolling through looking at the games, but it looked interesting and looked like a fun little fantasy co-op kind of a fight a bunch of ways of enemies kind of game. So if you're looking something into that, that came out on the 12th. It is on the PS5, the PS4, the Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. So it's on everything. It's literally on everything you would need. Uh, Super Bomberman R2 came out today. Uh, that is also on like everything. Baten Kaidos 1 and 2 HD Remaster comes out tomorrow on the Switch. So by the time this episode comes out, it'll it'll already be out. It comes out on the 14th. Baten Kaidos is made by uh, a lot of the same people that work on the Xenoblade games. So if you if you know if you know about that, people are hoping hoping. Oh, that's what we'll talk about at the end of the podcast too, because there's there's something that might go down tomorrow uh, on the 14th. So I won't be able to talk about it here on the podcast because the episode will have been done before then. But yeah. People are hoping this gives hope to like maybe like a Xenosaga remaster, especially after what happens at the end of uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 DLC, or like a Xenoblade X getting ported to the Switch, in which case either of those would be added to my game backlog. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, Dune Spice World comes out on the PC September 14th. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 Early Access September 15th so by the time this is out if you have Early Access to Mortal Kombat 1 you can play it September 19th for everyone else on the PS5, Xbox Series X and S for some reason the Switch but not the PS4 and the Xbox One and PC 
let's see. I think that's all the, the major stuff. Oh, the t Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty expansion comes out September 26th for the PS5, PC, and the Xbox Series X and S. Uh, over the course of Cyberpunk 2077's release, they've been getting updates and adjustments to make the experience of the game better. Uh, this Phantom Liberty update has been getting really, really, really hyped up for a lot of people who have seen an overall positive improvement of the game. And this is supposed to just reinvigorate the experience. It's not going to feel like the same at launch. So I'm interested. I haven't played Cyberpunk 2077 since around the time it launched because it was so buggy. So I might hop back in and check it out. I might take a look at it. I might take a look at it. Uh, and that's kind of all. Oh, Dragon Quest The Adventures of Die Infinity Strass comes out on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and the PC September 28th. Uh, if you don't know about this, Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die is an anime series slash manga series from way back. It's like a older classic shonen manga. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite mangas, and it is in my top five favorite anime of all time. They had an older anime for it back in the day, but it didn't finish the storyline, but they recently did a remake that came out in 2020 that ended, I believe, late last year. I feel like it ended back in October 2022 or something like that. Uh, and it was great. It was a hundred episodes. If, if you're into Shonen, we talked about it on the podcast when it ended and as it was coming up, I, I keep telling people watch or read Dragon Quest, the adventure of die. I'm excited for this game. It looks like a fun time. I believe the game only is going through the first half of the story. So if you've watched the anime, uh, it's going to end after, I think the last thing it does is like the battle at Sovereign Rock Castle. So it's around the halfway point of the series. But there is kind of like this dungeon coliseum mode where you can do up to four players uh, and explore and get gear and have a good time. So it's on my backlog. I'm going to get to it. <laughs> so October, we have, uh, let's see, I, I like hit my laptop and I got scared. I was going to fuck this shit up again. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Mirage, October 5th for like everything except Switch. <laughs> Detective Pikachu returns on the Switch October 6th. Uh, Batman's Arkham Trilogy is coming out on the Switch October 13th. Sonic Superstars comes out for everything October 17th. I'm actually looking forward to that. Let's see what else is coming out in October. Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man 2 comes out October 20th. One of the last games seen as a heavy game of the year contender for 2023 will be coming out October 20th. Look forward to that. Also, one of the, the, the first times in a minute I've been super hyped for a Super Mario game, Super Mario Bros. Wonder comes out on the Switch October 20th. Uh, one of us in the house is going to get that game so all four of us in the house can play together. That's gonna be fun as fuck. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Remaster Collection Volume 1. That is coming out on October 24th for just about everything except for the Xbox One. Uh, let's see, Alan Wake 2, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and the PC, October 27th. Looking forward to it. If you're a fan of the USC games, USC 5 comes out 
on the same consoles. Uh, oh, it does not come out on PC. PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S, October 27th. November. What do we got coming out in November that looks exciting? Do-do. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Coming out on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and X. Xbox One and PC, November 9th. I am definitely going to be scooping that up. I'm excited for that. And it's going to lead us into... Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I'm super excited for that. I was a huge fan of Yakuza 7. It's one of my favorite games now. Adored it. Excited for the sequel. Uh, Naruto to Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections. I am not falling for a Naruto game, Storm game ever again. This will not be bought at launch, but if you're, you're interested in that, it's coming out on like just about everything November 17th. If you haven't played a Storm game before and you're interested in playing a Naruto Storm game, go ahead and pick this one up. This is probably going to be the best edition you can get. Uh, if you're if you played Storm games, I'd say wait for a sale. I'm going to wait for a sale. Uh, Persona 5 Tactica. That is coming out November 17th for everything. Uh, I'm planning to do a Persona run through of a bunch of games in 2024. So hopefully I can clear out enough of my backlog to get to it. I feel like once I get past the trail stuff mainly, I'll be able to have an easier time doing that. So I'm going to play the Persona 3 remake. I haven't played Persona 3 before, but I'm just going to wait for the remake and play that. That comes out in February 2024. And if people say it sucks in comparison to the original, then I'll just try to get my play the original one. Uh, then I'll be playing Persona 4 Golden because that one's right up my alley. Uh, small Town Murder Mystery Year Detective Crew. That sounds interesting. Then I'll be doing my third playthrough of Persona 5. It'll be the Persona 5 Royal version. Love that game. Absolutely love that game. Then I'll be doing a second playthrough of Persona 5 Strikers. And then I'll play Persona 5 Tactica. So that's that's the plan. We're going to do a full Persona run through. <laughs> in 2023. Leading into... Uh, that new game was it called like metaphor something like that 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 new one that that's coming out that shit looks awesome so i'm going to be playing that in 2024 super mario rpg remake coming out november 17 for the switch people have been wanting that for a fucking minute so there you go dragon quest monsters the dark prince comes out on the switch december 1st and that is the main stuff announced uh for december then we got a bunch of stuff yet to be announced for a... Sorry, that side was, siren outside was coming in hot. <laughs> so, uh, let me see. Let's look through stuff that doesn't have a release date yet. Uh, Ark Survival Ascended. If you're a fan of Ark, I heard Ark's having a tough time, though. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Nexus. Baldur's Gate 3 for the Xbox Series X. Uh, what else do we got? Black Myth Wukong. Still no release date yet, but that game looks absolutely fucking hype. I'm super excited. Um, let's see. Call of Duty Warzone Mobile. Mo Warzone Mo Mobile, if you're into that. Uh, Dune Spice Wars for the PC. Well, that has a release date. Maybe this got updated, that's why. Yeah, a lot of this stuff I haven't... Oh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink does have a release date now. That comes out in 2024. I believe it's February 2024 or something like that. That looks fun as fuck. If you're into, like, 
again, JRPGs, action JRPGs. Well, like, you know, teamwork, aesthetics. That game looks fun as hell. I'm excited for it. Metal Slug Tactics coming to the Switch and PC. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of other stuff. It's just like, I don't know if people are excited for it or not. Silent Hill Ascension. There you go. Skate Story. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Hunter. Jeez. Trails in the Reverie already came out this year. It's on my backlog. I will be playing it soon. A lot of Warhammer. Yeah. But, hey man. I already named the nine big ones that came out this year. Plus the Dead Space remake. We got Spider-Man 2 coming. Like, let's say, let's say only like 12 good games. Like 12 truly like great games came out this year. That's still like a game a month, bro. <laughs> Unless you're, you burn through games like nothing and you're playing like, I need to play five games every month to be satisfied. There is plenty to choose from, is my overall argument. Plus, I didn't even name every game that came out this year. Some of these games, a lot of these games aren't getting like a lot of popularity or fanfare, so I didn't really choose to name them unless I thought they were semi like relevant to like the bigger scope of the mainstream. But there's a lot of stuff. A lot of these games could be hidden gems for all I know that are going to be doing great. People are like, have you played this? This is actually a secret little treasure of the year, you know? So to say gaming is dead when there's all these options, even if you just talk about the main ones I named that's still like at least 20 games that came out this year if you can't be satisfied with 20 games within the, plus you have to pay for all of those bro ain't no fucking way you're telling me you have nothing to play unless you're playing these games and beating them within like a week well I don't really like any of these games a lot of these games are extremely different from each other so at that point you're just being picky <laughs> like when you have a lot of variety already laid out in front of you I don't want to keep hearing this excuse that there's nothing to play there's plenty to play this year and we got plenty to play coming up next year in 2024 already too like gaming is is doing good gaming is eating good if you have any semi sense of variety for games you're eating good even a person like me I know my lane like my favorite kind of games are RPGs and fighting games. Uh, most games I play usually are gonna have one or both of these aspects, maybe mixed in with some other stuff, like, a, like an adventure or a platformer or something like that. But normally I like RPGs, I like fighting games. And there's still so much variety to choose from within that. And there's still so many games outside of those genres that I named that are doing great right now that people are loving right now so i i don't see the reason to say there's nothing to play gaming's really dry this year gaming's really stale when people have been raving about so much that has come out this year hogwarts legacy came out this year and had a big boom about it i think when the hype died down people weren't praising it as much but it still did really well like we ryan talked about it on the podcast when he was here he he enjoyed the game and yeah, it had that controversy too, but you know, I'm just speaking from a point of like, people are saying there's nothing to play 
Yet people are talking about all these games they've been playing this year. 2023, we eating good, is all I'm saying. And if you haven't gotten yourself a plate yet, sat down and ate, I feel like that's a you problem. I have a backlog. <laughs> I have too much shit that I want to play. Like, so what do you mean there's nothing to play? I have too many things I want to play that I can't play all at once. Cause I don't have the time nor the money just to sit down and play 80 games all at once, bro. Like, come on, get over yourself. So uh, I'm gonna end it here, a little over an hour. I wanted to do a little less, but we're gonna end it here. One more thing I wanna say, there apparently will be a Nintendo Direct on the 14th. So by the time this podcast comes out, that Direct will already come out. So. If you're like, why didn't he talk about anything on the Direct? It's because I haven't seen the Direct yet as of this recording. I'm not gonna have time to watch the Direct and then record it because I have to go to work <laughs> on Thursday. And then I have to come home, edit the podcast and do some other stuff related to work. So I just don't have the time to do that right now. So I'll talk about it next podcast if anything crazy happens. I know a lot of Monolith fans are hoping they'll announce like, a port for Xenoblade Chronicles X or uh, a Xeno Saga remaster trilogy for the Switch because a lot of those games, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X is locked to the, the, the Wii U. That's the only thing it's on. That's the only reason why I haven't played Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X. I already said it doesn't look like it'd be my cup of tea of a game, but if they did bring it to Switch, I would play it because Xenoblade Chronicles the, the numbered games, one, two, and three, are like, have become my favorite games, period. So I would definitely, I would 100% give Xenoblade Chronicles X a chance, if, if given the opportunity. And it could revitalize Xenoblade Chronicles uh, X, because it was supposed to have more content that it never really got to. Uh, Xenosaga Trilogy, I wasn't the hugest fan of the Xenosaga games, but that would be cool to have again, especially after what we saw at the end of Future Redeemed for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, or even like a Xeno Gears remaster, because I believe Xeno Saga's games are locked to the PS2. And if you're not emulating them, if you want a physical, uh, those games can get mighty fucking expensive. <laughs> and then I believe Xenoblade, uh, Xeno Gears is locked to like PlayStation 1 or something like that. There's like nowhere else you can play them. So having those ports would be extremely nice for those games locked down. Plus, you could have all the Xeno games on your Switch, which would be pretty cool. Cause then at least like, oh man, they're only on the Switch. Well, at least they're all on the Switch. I don't have to play them on all these different consoles. I can get them all on the same console. I think that's what a lot of people are hoping for. So we'll see how that goes. Are we gonna get more Pokemon news? I don't know. Teal Mash just came out, so I doubt they'll show anything new for Indigo Disc. They'll probably want it to settle. Indigo, Indigo Disc is set to come out for winter this year. So if, if if they don't delay it, it'll be out by December. It'll be out by the end of the year. Uh, I I think it's probably not gonna come out until January or February, personally. I think they're gonna push it. 
but we'll we'll see i think they should push it knowing game freak they'd be releasing shit half-baked <laughs> but we'll we'll see how it goes so yeah we'll talk about the direct next time in like quick news section before i get into the main topic which i think next time i'll be talking about music and the different aspects of that which i feel like is a much more nuanced in, uh conversation than gaming definitely the gaming is dead idea and then the whole media criticism thing i feel like the music one's gonna have a look a bit more middle ground to stand on but that's pretty much it that's gonna be the podcast this week thank you guys for stopping by thank you for supporting as always spread the word if you can uh if you have any questions comments concerns anything like that just let me know just let me know and i will see you guys in the next episode this has been the 40 ounce fridays podcast i am hiccup and i'll catch you later bye Okay, now someone told me when it's coming That I could be a plushy cuddler with you or something A weighty blanket sipping chocolate neck and golden mummy A crunchy roll get cozy, my little story, what we watching? I know that you ain't wanna start the combo I see the way you look at me, the fireworks been starting Ruby, red cheeks, roasting marshmallows, how I feel this like it But Tashi Niwa, 